This is Mission.org. I'm Alec Baldwin, and you're listening to Marketing Trends and the Leeds Art Week. In an ever-evolving world of raw and untapped potential, brands require a CMO who can keep up and take charge. That's why when Vice Media Group was in search of its first global CMO, Nadja Balan-White was at the top of the list. For more than a quarter century, Nadja has used her voice proactively to challenge brands to think differently, think creatively, but most importantly, to think about how they can make an impact in their communities. My belief as I've worked around the world is I've always been about being the change. I'm not just going to sit back and complain about something. I'm going to be part of the change and part of the action. And if I want to have a say in how people are portrayed in a fair and equitable way, I need to be at the table to help drive some of that change. On this episode of Marketing Trends, Nadja details why she was excited to accept the challenge of running a marketing team trusted with pushing Vice's vast portfolio forward. Plus, Nadja details why marketers are in the midst of a renaissance and must alter the way data powers their decision-making. Enjoy this episode. This message is brought to you by Salesforce. Hey, marketers. Today's B2B buyers are more complex than ever, and every buying committee has different needs and goals. Salesforce can help. We'll show you how to put each and every customer at the center of your B2B marketing strategy, and you'll learn how top brands like Lyft approach account-based marketing. Salesforce, market to every account, speak to every buyer. Find free B2B marketing and ABM resources at sfdc.co slash every dash buyer. Welcome to Marketing Trends. I'm Ian Faison, host of Marketing Trends. And today we are joined by special guest, Nadja. How are you? How are you, Ian? Nice to meet you. Yeah, great to meet you as well. Great to have you on the show today. So excited to chat about Vice, talk about your background uh, and everything in between. So how'd you get started in marketing? It's a long story, but I'm going to make it short. Let's just say um, I started out in consulting at Price Waterhouse and ended up working at IBM. And just to date myself, for those of you out there that might be of a slightly older but sexier generation, I remember being quite frustrated with some people at IBM because I was in charge of trying to figure out how they can sell direct to consumers using something called a new platform called the Internet selling direct to consumers. Yeah. And it was a bit frustrating because at the time there were some naysayers who were like, yeah, this thing about doing everything with this channel, are we sure this is going to take off? <laughs> Little did we know that it actually would end up transforming the way we live and work. And then from there, I ended up going to the agency side, um, largely around digital and technology and innovation. So I was quite fortunate to be ahead of the curve. Um, helping to create trends and anticipate them with big clients like American Express. There's a young group we worked with called Coldplay before they were big and Kanye <laughs> West before, you know, and John Legend and Sting and Ellen and Jerry Seinfeld. And we did all these amazing, innovative works using digital and technology at a time when many kind of looked at it as that other thing over there. And then from there, just continue to build an amazing career in communications um, all over the world, um, you know, working with, you know, publicists and, and digitas and working in almost every country around the world. So that's how I got my start quite a long time ago. Well, so and then flash forward to today, you are the first yeah. CMO for mm-hmm. in Vice's history here. Um, yeah. and, and I want to know what, what goes into that. What does the CMO of Vice do? Well, it's interesting. They had people who were primarily doing um, marketing, primarily one division, right? So mostly like TV. And when I met the then CEO, Nancy Dubuque, and she was telling me a bit about the vision, I said, you know, based on what I'm seeing with clients, we really need to look at this as, as marketing and comms and insights. It really should be one. And it should be an enterprise center for growth. And it has always been for the clients that I've represented. So why isn't it for you? And when she shared a bit with um, her perspective about where the group was going, 
you know, I began to sketch out a bit of what I thought would be interesting. And I said, I'm not, you don't necessarily have to hire me, but here's what I would do. And she said, well, maybe we should talk. <laughs> and that's kind of how it happened. So it's exciting. And I oversee um, a multimedia portfolio of, of teams across films, uh, refineries, studios, news, the agency Virtue, Refinery29, ID, um, a, a quite a diverse portfolio of, of assets um, in over 25 countries around the world. And um, through it all, we use the great data and insights that we have around culture um, to continue to amplify the great work that our team's been doing for decades. So it's an exciting time to be here. It is an exciting time. You know, in, in prep for this episode, I, I couldn't believe uh, that Vice had been around for so long. Um, it, that was one of the the shocking things for me that I, I didn't realize that, you know, the length of the storytelling and the things that the, you all have been working on, but truly, you know, you know, and people, you know, talked about new media and what is this and what is, what is this sort of stuff? But it seems like right now you are at a point at the precipice of like something new. Um, I, I know you don't like the phrase uh, like digital, uh, digital first because everything's digital. But we we really are in this next chapter that is just totally different. Um, and and you're starting, you know, you're a little yeah. bit outside of the first hundred days at the organization. Yeah. So how how did you view going to this role? Well, it's interesting. If, if remember, I told you the story of how I started um, right around, you know, back in 1999. And if you remember. Um, the era that we were in and what we ended up accomplishing. Digital was kind of like transforming um, the way we were doing business back then. In many respects, if you think about, you know, the World Economic Forum has talked about it. Um, many others have quoted it. We are in the middle of what I call um, the Great Reset. I, I call it, the, we're in the midst of the revolution. And through any great revolution, you're going to get change. You're going to get positive agitation. You're going to get people who are creating new models. With any level of adversity in history, that's what you get. Um, and through it, you're also going to get a bit of a renaissance and a reimagining and reawakening. And who better than Vice Media Group to help usher you through a bit of this era of, of trying to reimagine what life could be, reimagine how you're going to engage with consumers, reimagine what culture means, what travel means, um, how we feel about brands. There's so much that, that people are reimagining around the world. If any of us would have said 18 months ago that we'd be sitting here living the way we are, none of us would have believed it. But the truth is we are in the middle of a, a transformation and we are in the middle of a big reset. And based on Vice Media Group's history, um, our track record with consumers, our foundation and trust from news, um, we believe that we can help people usher through the next, help them see around the corners see with hear things that have never been heard before, see things they haven't seen before, and tell stories that have never been told before, all with the goal of helping us move forward as society. That's what Vice Media Group means to everybody. It's a crazy thing to create new brand in media, mm -hmm. right? But over time, you take any media entity you know, if you go back to the original days of like Warner Brothers, I think there were four Warner Brothers. None of those people actually, like those people ended up becoming anything that had to do with Warner Brothers. And it still, you know, carries that name. There's this like, there's this timeliness to media and media creation mm -hmm. that is so fascinating because, you know, our, uh, our kids grow up and Vice has always been around. Vice has been a mainstay for, for the whole time. But it kind of is, you know, as you said, we're we're ushering in a new era, and uh, and all this stuff has to be has to be important. How do you kind of like take on that responsibility of of kind of like shaping what's next? Well, it's with great humility, humility, right, and and um, with active listening skills. You know, one of the things that Vice Media Group prides itself on is its ability to really listen and pay attention um, to what our consumers are saying and feeling. We have these amazing young minds called 2030 Fellows, and they just published a report today about what's coming up next. Now, you and I, Ian, may not agree with what they're saying, but those are the facts. You know, things like what fluidity means, what it means to live in a polycultural world, what it means to be third generation, what it means to reinvent what home is, 
reinvent what love is, what commitment is, what relationships are. And it's not based on judging anybody. This is just how they're living. And so being able to bring that voice um, to the world, to amplify those voices, to be um, a bit of the arbiter of, of, of trust and transparency. And, and, and let me be clear, some of what we report on is not popular. Yeah. Some of it represents the ugly truth that is, but it is truth and it needs to be said. And so I think we're, we're quite unique. And, and I often say, when you talk about other media companies, there's no one quite like Vice Media Group that has the breadth of the offering of a, a Pulse Films. It has the heritage you know, that we have, that has the foundation you know, in, in news. It has an agency network, production and experiences, a digital platform and ways to really tap into culture in a way that no one else has, yet do it with an air of humility that others always don't do. And I think that's what's interesting. And I've worked in many different types of agencies and worked with many different types of clients. And when I speak to partners today and I tell them about Vice Media Group, they're like, really? You did, you did Flea, right? Oh, that's right. That is Vice Media Group. You did Gangs of London. Oh, of course you did. Oh, you, you worked on that. You know, that video with Beyonce, really, that that was that was you as well as the like. So you're doing both. But not a lot of people know about our story. I think that's so true. And I think it's so true of media now is I mean, we're, you know, I I create podcasts for a living. Each individual podcast has its own brand. You know, it has its own community. It has its own relationship. And what's so interesting about someone like Vice Media Group is you have products in your portfolio that or brands that are something totally different that someone, you know, uh, uh, one person loves and then another person might despise. And that's good. That's by design, right? It's like by design that you have an approach to those sort of things. And I think so much of kind of like the old school way of thinking was like, we want everyone to watch the seven o'clock you know, news hour when they're sitting, you know, after dinner or during dinner, whatever it is. And that's just not how it, that that's gone. And it's very far in the past. And thinking of mattering to a small group of people and having an oversized impact is just as important. And that, and that it, media was like that for a long time, but we just kind of, uh, you know, perhaps certain groups lost sight of that. Absolutely. I've always maintained that working in media is a burden and a privilege, right? And if if you reflect on what I said earlier about us being in a moment, um, a bit of a cultural revolution, um, as well as a renaissance, what role are you going to play in this? What role am I going to play in this? Are you going to help lead culture? Are you going to help affect change? Or are you going to be on the sidelines complaining about it? You know, my belief as I've worked around the world is I've always been about being the change. Um, You know, I'm not just going to sit back and complain about something. I'm going to be part of the change and part of the action. And if I want to have a say in how people are portrayed in in a fair and um, equitable way, I need to be at the table to help drive some of that change. And when I looked around and, and, and looked at the competitive set, I realized that there was no one quite like Vice Media Group with that raw grit with that unfiltered um, desire to tell truth. Um, And I thought it was quite refreshing at a time when the idea of truth is under attack and and quite frankly has been, um, you know, watered down by those who really are disingenuous. And I'm proud to be part of a team here that is not like that. And I look to my colleagues and I say, I'm so very proud of the work of news and in studios and, and at Virtue and at Digital with Refinery29 and with ID and what they're doing is they're reinventing the modern media model before people's eyes. And I'm pretty excited about that. Well, and they're lucky to have you uh, because I think that part of this is um, part of the problem, you know, if not to not to get, you know, super deep in, into the, 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 the problems with media, but I do think that one of the key problems with media today is is a business model problem. It is something that you need to have someone with strong business knowledge and strong relationships 
with customers. And that's one of the things that, that you bring is you have this client-centric approach. You've been there, you've done that, you've worked with these people for years and years and years. And that's something that that I think at times gets, you know, got lost over over the years is that, you know, all of the, you know, advertisers and partners and all these people, they have a vote and they're going to vote you know, it doesn't matter if you have the absolute best content in the world, if you have a horrible customer experience, if you don't have the right people from a business perspective that can that can help them tell their stories, um, you're, you're just not going to win. So I'm just so curious, when you came into this role, very different from your previous one, how did you think about building those relationships? For me, it's a continuation of my relationships. So, you know, advice, you know, we have our consumer proposition and we have the B2B proposition. And the B2B proposition is about that engine, that, that data-centric engine of culture. So you're right, coming into Vice Media Group, I over-index on the data point, right? I said, okay, let's think about the engine we have and the data points we have around the insights. And the question is not, do you want to buy this package? The question is, tell me what your business goals are. And let's figure out how we can tap into um, what we have across our multimedia portfolio to help you drive growth for your business. It's a, it's a different narrative than perhaps um, one may be used to telling, but it's one that I've been telling for, for decades. So when I sit down with potential partners, it's from the perspective of how we grow together, right? How do we learn a bit more about the audience so that we can help your, grant, your brand grow or help us drive additional sales to your particular organization or give you a bit of insight about what my competitors may be telling you. So traditional media agencies and traditional agencies and research companies are going to tell you, here's what the data says. I'm going to tell you, yeah, this is what the data is saying, but let me tell you how they're feeling. Hmm. Let me tell you a bit about what's underneath the culture. Let me tell you what's motivating them. Let me tell you what's scaring them. Let me tell you the things that are so politically incorrect that no one else wants to tell you. Mm -hmm. so you can make those informed decisions. And because I have these relationships, I'm not going to sugarcoat it. Right. I'm going to say, here are the facts. This is how we can help drive and make a difference to your value proposition in the marketplace. I've been on both sides. Right. So I'm able to leverage the great fruit salad or the great <laughs> I call it the great stew, if you will. Like if you think of a great big stew and I love to cook, you know, Vice Media Group has all these amazing ingredients in the stew. Sometimes people just want one bit of it. But when you put it all together, it's quite an amazing meal to have with a nice bottle of wine, by the way. Yeah. Um, now I'm hungry. Uh, so as you think about your relationships with your agency partners, as you, as you think about your relationships with your customers, the B2B, the folks that want to work with Vice Media Group, and, and as you said, you you start with that business proposition. Where are you trying to get to and why? Which I think, again, I mean, I, not to be I know that a lot of people do that, but it's it's not it's still not that commonplace. I think a lot of people are used to buying and selling media and just say, "Hey, here's the rate card. This is what we do. This is how many impressions you can buy. This is this is how many uh, pages you'll get. You know, X Y Z." That's still pretty common. I mean, how what do you hear? That's not. Oh, go ahead. That's not my approach. That's not like, and I've said to the team, I mean, look, there are going to be instances with shorts about the rate card, but sure. that's not the conversation I'm having. The conversation I'm going to have is talk to me about your business. Talk to me what's keeping you up at night. Talk to me about what you don't know. If I think about some of the, the questions I've gotten from some conversations I have at the C-level, it's, you know what, Naja, I don't really know how to reach out what's going on out there. I have no, like COVID, what COVID has done what, what the, the recent Black Lives Matter and, and all of the um, challenges in, 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 uh, that are happening around the world have done is marketers don't know what to do right now. They're, a, they're actually a little bit like, I don't know what to do. Yeah. The great thing about us, the great thing about working at Vice Media Group is we're going to tell you the real. We're going to tell you about the pain. We're going to tell you what frustrates people. We're going to tell you how you actually need to connect with culture differently. And we're not going to tell it to you because we're selling you a rate card. We're going to tell it to you because that's what's going to help drive your business. And then we can sit back and co-create what we could do together. And sometimes that co-creation happens with agency partners. Sometimes it will happen with media partners. Sometimes it will happen direct with clients. We don't have any defined model. We work across all mediums. 
And that's what's different here. Yeah, no, it is different. I think, you know, what we saw over over the past year, especially when you look at Black Lives Matter, you had a lot of brands that kind of had no idea how to weigh in. They had no idea what to do. Um, Mm -hmm. But then you have people that, you know, conversely, you know, they're, they're, you know, confused or don't know how to weigh in. And you have someone like Vice Media Group where you're reporting stories from the front lines, you're doing things like that. And they're saying like, oh, I don't know if I want my brand to be associated with blank. And maybe for then maybe in this case, it's Black Lives Matter, but it could be something different. Hey, you know, we're going to do a story about rhino poaching in Africa. And they're like, I don't know if that's really right. what I want my... And you're kind of saying like, I hear you, but this is really, really important work. Do you want to be part of that? And I'm just curious, like how much of that goes into the conversation? Because, you know, it seems like that's that's the most important part is like, you got to get people to vote with their dollars. Right. And guess guess what? Some people are not as authentic and forthcoming as you would imagine. There's a big difference from what you tweet and post on LinkedIn. And, and at the end of the day, if you truly or if you truly want to reach a certain type of demographic, if you truly want to move your brand, if you truly want to make an impact, come talk to my team and I. We'll help you all day long. Let's be honest. Not everybody's for that. And that's OK. That's OK. Not every partner is meant to be with us. But for those that want to be on the journey with us, those that want to connect with consumers in a, in a much more authentic way, those who want to do it with an air of transparency and humility, I say, come talk to us. And I think what they'll see is a part of the audience that perhaps they didn't know about. That's what makes me excited. Yeah, we're, we're definitely not for every kind of brand, but I'd, I'd like to believe we're for the ones that are really going to be revolutionary in the future. That's a, yeah, it's a great it's a great positioning. And it's a great way of thinking about it because, you know, you know, uh, you go to uh, company.vice.com, you see the definitive guide to an uncertain world, right? And if you're, if you're, a, if you're a company, if you're a brand, you know, partnering with uncertainty can be scary. You know, we always want to talk about the future. You know, everybody always wants the future of, yeah. of blank. We want to be associated with, uh, you know, that's why selling spots in, um, back to the future and those sort of things. Like, yeah, of course I want, you know, if my brand's Nike, I want, I want the character to wear Nikes because, Hey, that's a hundred years in the future. I'm a Nike better be around and people better, better still be wearing them. But I think people are scared about uncertainty. And it's a great point that you make that, you know, you pick each other right in those relationships. It's, it's not just a one-sided street. Uh, and I'm sure you've, you've had your share of, of, uh, you know, brand transformations over the years where you give your advice on something and the other person says like, yeah, no, we're just, we're not that edgy or we don't want to take a stand like that. It's hard when you know they're making a mistake, right? And um, when you can see the mistake being made and they don't want to listen, or you can see the impact that they're going to make and you can't do anything to affect it. I think here it's different. I'm having a different conversation um, with people. Um, and, you know, I look at the breadth of assets across the portfolio at Vice Media Group, and I'm thinking, gosh, this is amazing. You know, you know some of my, my former clients would be happy to have access to this information. And so a lot of times it's about sharing that perspective, that point of view. You know, one of the things we'll be publishing at the end of this year is the definitive guide to culture. And that definitive guide to culture is going to be based on the data that we have that we've had all along. Mm-hmm. I have an amazing team of, of global insight individuals around the world, and they're tapped into the insights teams in each of our companies. This is the engine that we have, but it's how you use that data, right? It's not just about having it. How are you using it? And, and how is that actually enabling brands to grow? And it's constantly being fed by current information by what you're seeing in news, but what you're seeing in studios, but what you're seeing in projects, what we're learning on a daily basis. So it's an engine that feeds the enterprise. It is at the center of our strategy and certainly the center of my team and part of what's driving our point of view moving forward. When you think about what happens now, what happens now is magnificent. What happens now is a transformation. What happens now is we're reinventing the modern media model. We're reinventing how we engage with consumers. We're reinventing what it means to be humans and interact with people. All of that's happening now. And Vice Media Group's in the middle of it. So you, you spoke a little bit about data. What are the types of things that, that you think some of the brands are missing, that marketers are missing, that they're not getting 
um, that you all can provide to them. Because, you know, I think we're at the point now where data is arguably the most important thing that every every marketer has that they that they don't yet have enough insights from. What's interesting about what I'm seeing from this particular generation is number one, they don't want to be boxed in. They actually hate being boxed into anything. Fluidity is the key to everything. So you have to be fluid and flexible. And um, they they have a different set of values. There's a premium on trust and transparency in a way that perhaps older generations may, may perhaps say, oh, it's okay. It's just this brand doing this one thing. You don't worry about it. Oh, absolutely not. This particular generation places a premium on trust and they have no um, problem you know, making decisions with their wallet. They will not support you if they feel as though you are somehow in violation of what their values are. So you have to think very clearly about what role you're going to play. Um, one of the things we're going to be working on is a trust index, overlaying trust against culture and what this means with respect to brands. And, and those are just some of the things that you'll be seeing from us later on this year um, to help brands navigate the next and help them figure out how to market to people. It's not just about how you're reimagining home. You're reimagining the experiences at home, the products that you need and what it means. So a lot of the data that you used to use is um, has to be rethought, right? And you have to recalibrate it. And that's not something that traditional companies have been considering until now. But certainly we've been doing it for some time. Well, and also you just have a portfolio of brands, right? I think that that's one of the exciting things is you're not just seeing it on one on one brand or one platform that you you get to cross reference all this stuff. I'd imagine that you have a pretty robust uh, you know data and analytics team. Oh yeah, they're they're kind of incredible. I, I said to them, that's one of the reasons why I came. I said, you you all are just amazing. Not like the Wizard of Oz, but better than the Wizards, like a real person with a real engine. And you know, her name's yeah. Shirley. Yeah. But they're amazing people um, that are all over the world. So imagine imagine the insights you're learning in Mumbai and the yeah. insights you're learning in Lagos and the insights you're learning in Berlin and London, in Louisville, in New York, in Detroit. All these places around the world, which you're learning in 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 Riyadh, in 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 Saudi Arabia, you're learning these insights around the world, and you're looking. Okay, what does this mean? I have a group of individuals that that we meet um, twice a month. We call ourselves like the predictors. I'm like, what are we learning? What happened? What's you know what's bubbling up? You know, and how are people reacting to it on a regular basis? So we just have regular conversations about this. This isn't a special report that we're running. This is how we do our jobs on a day-to-day basis. So let's let's talk let's talk audience. You recently came into the role, but mm-hmm. it seems like uh, you know, you're obviously an audience focused person and trying to figure this mm-hmm. out and dive into the data. You all have a program called Vice Voices, which I'd love to learn more about, but how do you think about this audience building and 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 uh, and creating things for them? Well, you know, Vice Voices is, you know, we have insight communities um, probably about 40,000 combined audience members who signed up to talk to us about brands and how they're thinking. And we engage them a couple times a month. And we talk to them through surveys, discussion boards. And again, when I talk about that engine, I'm talking about how we're tapping into vice voices. I'm talking about how we're using those 2030 fellows, um, our Gen X, Gen Y, Gen Z people within the company. We have all these sub-communities. Here's the beautiful thing. Vice Media Group is, is can be best seen as a great community brand. And we keep growing as a community brand because we are the confluence of multiple communities. And what we've been able to do is tap into these communities as part of the data. So we have the qual and the quant. We have what they're saying, and then we overlay the quant with it. So what you get as a partner with us is insights that no one else has. What consumers continue to feed to us is what they're doing, right? They don't have to do anything. It's just kind of who we are. And so we continue to develop more appropriate programming off of that. Um, We think about who we want to collaborate with. Um, And for brands that come to us, they get insights. They can ask us questions and they can't ask typical partners. And we have all the great creativity. Like think about the magic that a Pulse Films and a Virtue is doing on a day-to-day basis. Where else do you get access to that all under one umbrella? That was going to be my next question. I was going to ask you about... about, Pulse Films. I mean, this is, you know, this is an entity, like you said, created Gangs of London, has created a ton of really cool videos and uh, 
and and TV and all sorts of stuff. I mean, as a as a marketer, as someone yeah. who has worked in the industry for a long time, I mean, you have to just be giddy to have that type of storytelling right? at your fingertips. Right. After this, I'm going to send you some reels um, <laughs> of some of the work. And I mean, I get goosebumps. And I'm going to share with you after this a bit of some real work of who we are. And when you see it, you're going to be like, what? Like, this is Vice Media Group. You know, Pulse Films is the, you know, this is Beastie Boys. And, you know, you got Kaya Gerber, you've got like Travis Scott, you know, Megan Three Stallion. You've got so many people that want to work with us. And, you know, yet and still, you know, what's great about here? We're always thinking about the next. You know, I had a, a group of these amazing women out of um, Nairobi um, reach out to me who are these emerging filmmakers. And we listened to them, too. Um, and, and what's great about, about Vice Media Group is as much as we work with the established A-list directors, you know, we won at, at Sundance for Flea. We also were listening to these emerging voices. And we're saying, come collaborate with us. We want to be that destination for talent. And I think we do it in a way that doesn't feel overly commercialized. And I'll be honest, sometimes I think brands come to us because they want to say, oh, I want to work with this person. And we have to be careful, right? Because talent trusts us because we give you an, a, a level of flexibility. And we have to balance the brand needs with the talent needs to really develop authentic programs. Having a studio like mm-hmm. that attached, mm-hmm. I'd imagine that your thinking about constantly, how do we leverage these assets for ourselves, right? Um, how do we say, okay, what uh, what can I do to drive more business for, for Vice Media Group? Um, how can I leverage our storytelling for that? I mean, is this something that you thought about? Are you are you ready to make uh, your own your own TV series, uh, your own show, uh, so that you can you can better facilitate some of this stuff? Let's just say I have amazing partners at studios and films and at Virtue that that can do all of this work and at ID. Um, you know, I'm a partner with them, right? I'm a helping to enable them to continue to amplify their growth. So, you know, this new marketing and communications organization is there to help support their growth. And I think it's very different from how it was set up before, um, because I am partners with the Kate Ward. I'm a partner with, with Thomas. I'm partners with Lucy and her team at ID and with Rob at Virtue. They're my partners where we collaborate on, okay, is this brand strategy going to work? They were with me as I was developing it. They were like, here's how this can work for ID, Najat. This is what it means for Refinery29. And Corey, who runs digitals, talked to me about the level of audience engagement. And Jesse, who runs news, is like, this is how it impacts my programming. They're my partners. We're all at that long dinner table together, right? And, and together is how we add value. And we riff off of each other. I wish you can be a fly on the wall in some of our meetings and see the greatness that exists, but it's pretty extraordinary. So from TV to news and entertainment and studios, it is it is a, it is our version of the modern family. Well, and you, you know, I know that you are always trying to figure out new ways to to tell stories. Um, are you is once this all once the all the travel bans and every everything um, you know get lifted and and we're we're free to roam about uh, as we please and. And all this. I mean, are you going to be going and sitting on set? Are you going to be like, are you just trying to absorb as, as much of, of this stuff as possible? You know, how do you blend the the kind of marketing part of your brain where it's like, I need to get better at storytelling. I need to see what are, you know, new types of creators and content and all that stuff versus working, you know, like, you know, quote unquote, like in the business, uh, doing the day-to-day stuff, you know, yeah. uh, every, every day. I'm going to be on a plane. <laughs> helping to look at new partners and new opportunities. I mean, we can't let, you know, people like Netflix have all the fun. I mean, you know, and Amazon and, and everyone else. Like I said, there's there's no one quite like Vice Media Group. And when you combine, when you really take a look at our leadership and, and the people around the world that represent us, they're pretty extraordinary. On their own, they're extraordinary. And um, I look forward to getting on a plane and being part of it and, and being able to collaborate and come up with new ideas 
of how we can help elevate Vice Media Group as a brand and how we can help do that for partners um, as well. You know, switching gears to, to some of the experiences in your background, you spent a number of years in Africa, you spent a number of years in London, uh, obviously, you know, in and around New York, you got the world tour. That's something that, I mean, obviously is such an advantageous position to be. I moved around a little bit because of being in the army, uh, but, but uh, I think for great marketers, for great storytellers, mm-hmm. you have to experience things. You have mm-hmm. to go and see it for yourself. Um, yeah. And I think it's it's critical, but there's not a ton of people who have you know the experience that you've had in Africa that have that have yeah. those sort of things. I'm curious, like as you as you came into this role, it really feels like you know you you have this experience that not as many people have. How do you mm-hmm. think about leveraging that? Like, how do you think about developing you know strategies for Africa and 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 other places, which I know Vice Media Group is already you know in a lot of. Now you know. I believe I said earlier that we're in over 25 countries around the world. I think I've worked in almost all the countries that Vice is in, which is crazy. Wow. Um, it means that as a global CMO, um, or it certainly have visited and, and, and had meetings and worked with people. It means that my perspective of, of how I look at how we solve our problems is through a very different lens. You know, I may be, you know, this, you know, African-American woman who grew up in Queens, whose family's from Jamaica and Haiti. But, you know, I have just as much family hanging out in Nairobi and in West Africa and Ghana or Nigeria. Um, I have just as much family hanging out in London. I have beautiful friends around the world and across Europe. I have an amazing network. And that means if you're thinking about um, developing a project um, and with a partner in Cairo, chances are I know someone in Cairo that I think would be good for us to team up with. If you're thinking about developing a project in, in Lagos, chances are I'm going to probably know who to get on the phone and, and speak to based on my experience. And certainly this goes without saying about our partners, you know, in Europe. So my experience over the last 25 plus years around the globe gives me a unique perspective, right? So I might say, wait a minute, I don't think that's actually going to work for what we're trying to do in APAC. And I'm not sure if that's going to work as we, we push into India. And I don't know if that format's actually right. And perhaps we need to th- think about things differently. You know, in my prior world, I managed Unilever Worldwide, but WPP working on Dove. And I also worked with um, Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation in um, helping to eradicate the, um, the impact of malnutrition in developing countries around the mm-hmm. world. So yes, I've been in Kathmandu, Nepal, and I've been in Seoul, South Korea. Um, and all of this is about how we transform lives and make impact. So all of that experience I bring to bear when I come to work every day at Vice Media Group. How do you think marketers should, who don't have that opportunity right this second, how should they think about building that base of knowledge? Because it seems like you know, we, we talk about diversity and inclusion. We talk about building diverse teams, not just of, of, of you know, race and background, but of thought, of yeah. things like that. We know that this is important. I think as marketers, we're trying much harder to make sure that we're being you know, diverse and inclusive, but also just like everybody needs to spend time thinking about how to do it. Uh, so I'm just curious, like, how do you coach, you know, your team members to, to, to think outside of just, you know, their, their little bubble or the bubble, bubble they have on Twitter or social media or things like that? Because like, I think a lot of us now are so trapped in our bubble and, and people don't realize it, right? You just don't, you don't know. Like, if you look at somebody else's, if you, if you jumped on their Twitter and you saw their algorithm, you'd be like, what is all this stuff, right? We just don't know. You don't know. And, you know, I think... I'm constantly pushing my teams. I actually drive them crazy. And, um, you know, I, you know, I'll say on a call, all right, I, I, I'll listen to every, what everyone's saying. And I say, are we coming at this from a pure North American point of view? Or have you guys considered what the views are from different parts of the world? You know, when we're thinking about um, making staff changes, I'll often say to my team, are we considering this as a global role? Or are you automatically going to go to someone out of Brooklyn? Because that's your comfort zone. I'm constantly pushing the envelope. But I, if I, my advice to others is think beyond your four walls, think beyond your city, your state, your country. Like there are amazing networks around the world. If anyone wants to know about qualified people, email me. I have literally people all over the world who are these 
marketers and amazing minds. And all they need is a chance. And by the way, it's not a handout either. These are some brilliant, brilliant minds. Now, when I was in Nairobi, Kenya, one of the best TEDx talks I saw was around M-Pesa. And I was at a forum um, that um, WPP had in, in Cape Town. And I was listening to this debate between a group of individuals from Nigeria and a group of individuals from South Africa and a group of individuals from Kenya talking about um, how you're using your phone to make commerce. And they were like saying to the East Africans, they're like, should have been us. I can't believe you guys came up with that technology first. And it was like this amazing out-of-body experience that most Americans probably would not have had that front row seat to observe. But one of the things I've learned, particularly living on the continent, is you create innovation out of great needs. And PESA was created because there was a need to service a level of, of people in the rural areas that couldn't get to banks, who were really the unbanked, but they all had a phone. Not like that wasn't tried here in the West. We weren't ready to receive it. This is how uh, most people in, in parts of Africa transact. Someone would have thought that that's how that would have kind of really spurred that level of technology. But the banks and the telcos come together to really create their own um, institutions. And that's really happening out of Africa and India. Mm -hmm. Come on. Most Americans don't know that story because most Americans are too arrogant to realize it. And one of the things I learned about living and working on the continent is to be humble and listen to what everyone else is doing and say, ah, I can learn something here. You talked about, uh, you know, your relationship with Nancy, the CEO of, of Vice Media. Um, mm-hmm. She's someone who who has, you know, been been named one of the hottest hands in terms of picking shows and all that sort of stuff over the years. You know, a true visionary in our industry. Uh, and the the relationship between a CMO and, and a CEO is obviously, uh, you know, arguably the most critical one. Um, you know, the CEO is often, often, you know, chartering the brand course, the brand vision, um, you know, where that, where that logo lands and what that means when people see it. Uh, mm-hmm. And the CMO is kind of the extension of that. How do you view kind of like working with the CMO to make, or the CEO to make sure that you're, you're achieving, you know, her, her vision and, and mission for the company? I am so grateful for having Nancy as a, as a, a partner, as a, as a boss, as, as someone who I admire every day. She believed in, in this idea of let's create this enterprise center for growth. Let's reimagine what, what brand can do to help drive the business. It was her um, that really had the inspiration for this, you know, and, and, you know, and she gave me the, the, the runway to really help develop it in, in a way that I thought could work for the team. But we did it with existing team members when listening to people around the globe. The truth is, I have an amazing team of people. Um, Spencer Bame is my chief brand officer who's been at Vice for over 15 years. And then, you know, our brand transformation could not have happened, you know, without him. I have partners I brought in from the outside, but we have an amazing group of individuals. And what Nancy realized is that the power of the collective group, the power of our total value proposition was the missing piece to Vice's transformation and evolution. And she trusted that I would then be able to work with my partners in helping to um, elevate and amplify what was already there. So, you know, she and I are very close. I don't make any decisions without her. And she is, I call her the Queen's Gamut. Have you remember that Netflix show? (laughs) Nancy can see the chessboard before anybody else can. She is one of the most brilliant (laughs) minds Forget in media, in business, period, hands down. She is brilliant. I actually don't think the woman sleeps. She is <laughs> a, a force. And every day I learn from her. And I'm so grateful um, that I made the decision to come here because she makes me better as a marketing leader and as a business leader. And she makes this company great. And so our, our secret sauce is Nancy and her ability to help us differentiate ourselves in the market. Okay, before we get into our lightning round, any anything that we didn't talk about that uh, that you that you wish uh, wish we talked about? No, I think you're 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 pretty good. <laughs> I'll take that. Um, uh, okay, let's get into our lightning round. These questions are fast and easy, just like marketing with Salesforce. 
You can go to salesforce.com slash marketing to learn more about marketing on the world's number one CRM. That is Salesforce. Put your customer at the center of every interaction. Go to salesforce.com slash marketing to learn more lightning round questions. Naja, are you ready? Yes, Ian. Number one, I have not been to Africa and it's a huge place and I don't know where to start. So where, where would be the best place? Like first visit, what, what would be your, your advice for like one week getaway? You got to go to Kenya and you have to go to the coast, to the beach. Ooh, I you love the beach. hang out with perhaps a camel and have a cocktail or two at the same time. I like it. Um, do you have a book or a podcast or, or something that you've been uh, uh, binging recently? I've been reach, um, reading Isabel Wilkerson's cast about um, kind of um, the emergence of um, society and how people's prejudices and views have unfolded in over centuries. And the caste system is something that certainly has been part of not just American history, but history in India and so many other countries around the world. I find it fascinating. So I'm just reading that now. Gosh, I don't know if you've, you've checked out um, White Tiger, but I just watched that recently. And anytime I read about or learn about castes, it's just like... Crazy, right? It's so, yeah. I mean, it's like, it's deeply affecting. Um, it's crazy. And in the self-esteem and, and it's yep. gone, it's thousands. Of, I mean, it's, it's, it's fascinating to read Isabel Wilkerson's cast. It's, it's kind of incredible. I'll check it out. That sounds great. Um, is there a specific piece of advice that you got uh, either early in your career or recently that you've, you've, uh, that stuck with you? Be good to everybody around you. You know, I, I make it a point to try to help as many people as I can. You know, I didn't grow up having a blueprint. I didn't grow up knowing the right things to say or do. I mean, I'm, I made so many mistakes. I still do. Um, because for me, I'm first generation going to college. And, um, you know, you know, my mom still doesn't know what I do from day to day basis. If you're not like a doctor or an engineer, my mother doesn't know what I do. Sure. Um, but I try to help everybody, every single person. I mean, and I may not get back to you immediately, but I'm going to get back to you eventually. And I believe that part of my um, superpower is the ability to give impact and to give back and to be a helpful ear to someone who may not have had it. So I try to do that for so many people, no matter who they are, no matter where they come from, I'm going to be the one to listen to them and try to help them and give them a leg up. If you weren't in marketing or media at all, what do you think you'd be doing? I think I can see myself having a bar hut in Costa Rica. <laughs> <laughs> I actually secretly want to be like um, Anthony Bourdain, God rest his soul. Um, you know, that would like trips yeah. around the world. Like I love to cook and I love watching. Like, I think I was watching um, this show about Tucci was in Italy exploring his roots. Like anything that involves food and wine is me. So maybe I would have been like a food and wine critic. I feel like there's still time. I, that's, I mean, think about it. I know, I know a great media group that could help you tell that story. Uh, I think you could. I think my next chapter might actually be um, maybe I can go work at a winery or something to, you know. Oh, there we go. There you go. I can open up a wine bar. What's your, do you have like a drink, a drink, a choice that you'd be serving at your, your, uh, uh, well, I guess if it's a wine bar, but maybe cocktails too. I don't know. Oh yeah. I have learned to all shout out to my British peeps, the value of a good G and T <laughs> and fever tree light tonic with a twist of lime, please. Excellent. Uh, what's your best advice for a first time CMO? Don't be afraid to ask for help. You know, I think I, I've counseled several CMOs who think I just got to figure it out by myself and be a hero. No. The most important aspect of being a CMO is your ability to listen and also recognize the role that your organization is going to play in driving growth for the company. And you can't do that alone. And you have a variety of people that are going to be sitting at the table as your advisors. Some of them are going to be the quiet advisors and some of them are going to be more active. You got to know which ones to use. What question do you never get asked that you wish you were asked more often? People never ask me, um, do you ever get intimidated or scared? I think everybody does. 
I think every time, you know, if you don't have a little bit of angst or butterflies in your stomach, when you get up every day, you got to question what you're doing. And every day I wake up thinking, okay, I got to bring it. I got that little bit of anxiety. When I, when I move opportunities is because I don't feel it anymore. And I feel that every day when I wake up and start my adventures at Vice Media Group. I love it. Awesome. Thank you so much for, for joining, uh, Naja. Everybody check out uh, Vice Media Group. Uh, if you want some, uh, some cool stories told, uh, check them out. Or if you just want to you know, hang out on any of the many properties. Um, any final thoughts? Anything to plug? That's, you know, that's it. Go check us out. Check the ID drop. Look at what we're doing with um, National Urban League. Look at all the great work that we're doing. I think I got something coming your way, Ian. I'm ready. A little bit of vice vice stuff coming your way. I love it. I want it all. And anything, anything that you can send me, I'm, I'm so in. I think the swagger's coming your way. You, you know, <laughs> you swag too. All right. I'll take we're it. Bringing you a little bit of swagger, a little swagger your way. You'll be the <laughs> coolest person on your block. Uh, it's been such a pleasure talking to you and I hope we can chat again yeah indeed me too thanks again thanks bye Marketing Trends Podcast is brought to you by Salesforce discover marketing built on the world's number one CRM Salesforce put your customer at the center of every interaction automate engagement with each customer and build your marketing strategy around the entire customer journey Salesforce We bring marketing and engagement together. Learn more at salesforce.com slash marketing. You have eight seconds to make a connection or risk a click away onto the next topic. The difference lies in your ability to deliver relevant experiences to your audience across devices and across channels. But delivering on a really great experience is impossible without the right people and the right technology. You've got the right people, but your technology choices will make or break someone's experience with your brand. At the center of gravity of your digital experience, Brightspot Content Management System can deliver relevant content, personalized experiences, and cross-channel synergies to create unforgettable brand experiences. So you can be a bright spot in someone's day. Head over to brightspot.com forward slash marketing trends to find out right now. From global crisis to hunger relief efforts, The messages you deliver save lives, inform important decision-making, and help keep communities safe and sound. The speed and scale of your content needs to be delivered faster and on a much larger scale. Brightspot Content Management System has supported some of the world's largest brands to communicate on a global scale. From Johnson & Johnson sharing critical information with their customers to helping Whole Foods tell their brand story to a global audience. Brightspot is designed to handle rapid iteration and personalized messages to those you care about most. Learn more at brightspot.com forward slash marketing trends.